think we rolling. Showtime, baby. Let's go. I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I, until I, I love you, I love you, I love you. Showtime, baby. Until I find the baby, the only words I know that you. I've been hot since the birth of my son. I remain unfazed. Trust worse has been done. Man, fuck evaluation. Show me personal funds. It's the pretty boys versus the petty boys. Sold that already. Got a whole new set of toys. Shit is so surreal. Drizzy Drake, you better enjoy it. Nothing else bigger than the OVO Letterman boys. Cashmere nits for the nighttime boat rides. And I told myself I wouldn't come on here and sound like a bitter fan. The only sign of struggling is coming from those guys. I'm trying to just... It's really been a rough week. And nothing tell the truth like the eyes will Live so much for others, don't remember how I feel Friends are high places, I mean. friends that are high still Still manage to moonwalk straight through a minefield And then I come back to tell you how that feels Build this house for us all, pain in my back still You niggas gassed up, you couldn't pay the I love you, I love you, I love you Let's get this started, man Welcome to episode four, Suave Sportscast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I told myself I was going to come on here, episode four, and not be bitter. Not be bitter. So I'm not. I'm not going to come on here. I'm not going to be a bitter fan. I went to IG as soon as the Niners lost. Talked to some Eagles fans. Mad disrespectful. And I said... It's up. It's up. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. The Eagles won fair and square. They did their thing. They deserve it. They deserve it. Aaron Horfram. They deserve it. But I can't take the disrespect. We all know what happened in the game. Niners lost. Got blown out. 31-7. Right? First quarter, Brock Purdy gets hurt. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, excuse me, our Lord and Savior, Brock Purdy, gets hurt. And it was all downhill from there. As soon as he got hurt, every Niners fan knew it's probably over, right? Eagles fans don't care about that. <laughs> they don't care. It was a lot of smack talk going back and forth between Niners fan and Eagles fan all week. Game time come, we feeling confident. They, you know, they go down score off something that probably wasn't a catch, but didn't challenge it. Brock Purdy looks like he's driving down the field. <laughs> the 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 league leading sack person is getting blocked by a third string tight end, and Brock Purdy doesn't see him and he gets hurt. Probably shouldn't happen, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he has, you know, unique play design, so sometimes that's going to happen. You're going to have, you know, an edge rusher, an elite edge rusher getting blocked by a tight end. Whatever. We got away with it all season. Didn't this time. Once that happened, once the game was over, a lot of Eagles fans were saying, Niners are fraud. We knew it. We tried to tell you guys. My only argument with that was, if it wasn't injuries involved in the game to the quarterback, that's not a common thing. You don't expect the quarterback to get hurt every time the quarterback gets sacked. 
which it happened. Out of their three sacks, two of them, the quarterback got injured. You don't expect that, but it happened. What I don't like about the 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 banter is we all know if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, that game is not 31-7. He was 4-for-4 four four when he got hurt. He was driving down the field. That may have been a turnover, but I don't think the game just just snowballs downhill from there. But it is what it is. Eagles are in the Super Bowl. They will be facing Chiefs. I will talk about that a little later briefly. I'm not going to go too deep into it. We got two weeks to go into that game. Um, but let's talk about Brock Purdy's injury a little bit. It is a UCL tear. That's not good. Um, he has two options. Two options. He hasn't decided yet as of this recording that I know of. So he, he can get a UCL repair, which is six months. And I think they put an internal brace in his elbow. Or he can get what, you know, this injury is very common with MOB pitchers. He could get Tommy John surgery. That's a little bit longer. They pretty much reconstruct the UCL. That is a 11 to 14th month, 14 month injury. We're we're hoping he doesn't have to get that. But those are his two options, and he is seeking more consultation about what he should do. So hopefully, you know, it's a six month injury. He comes back, he bounces back, he's just as good as he was before this injury. And, you know, we have a I want to say a good competition, but let's hope for the best. Let's hope for the best. What we do know is Trey Lance still on the roster. Still on the roster. From what I'm seeing, all the reports that I've read, he should be back by OTAs in July. Right? Brock Purdy's probably not going to be ready by July. So what we do know is Trey Lance will be getting reps with the first string offense. Because of this injury, unfortunately, I feel like even more than I thought before, Brock Purdy is going to be in a quarterback battle this offseason. Going through training camp, going through OTAs, going through the preseason. He's going to be in the quarterback battle, right? He should win. For what we saw, sorry, just dropped my phone. He should win, but you never know. One thing we do know is that Trey Lance, he's he has talent. He has a lot of talent. We can't just discount the talent that he has just because Brock Purdy put on the show for half a season. Now, with that said, Brock Purdy looked really good. Really good. Really, really, really good. But Trey Lance, number two pick, very talented, athletic, great arm. He's on a roster. And for what we've seen out of the Cal Shanahan era, you might need two quarterbacks. You might need two quarterbacks. So it's going to be a fair quarterback battle, I expect. Brock Purdy should pull it off. We should have our starting quarterback for the future, for the foreseeable future at least. And because we do have two quarterbacks on rookie scale contracts, that gives the Niners some financial flexibility to, to re-sign players. Nick Bosa is coming up for extension. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is coming up for extension. You should be able to re-sign those guys, no problem. 
have two legit quarterbacks. You could trade trade one of them, and if you're one hundred percent sure the quarterback that you have is the quarterback that you want for the future, and moving forward, teams should be good. Teams should be competing for championships for the next three, four years at the very least. Okay. People were also talking about because of these injuries to the quarterback. You know you need more than one. People were talking about Tom Brady. As of this recording, when this releases, you all will know Tom Brady retired. He's done. I know last year he did their whole retirement thing, came back, and played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he didn't look that great, but he didn't look like a 45-year-old quarterback. I give him that. He, he looked decent. He looked like a really good quarterback. Not elite anymore, but a really good quarterback. When Brock Purdy got hurt, everywhere online, you just seeing Niners fans, man, we might as well go out and get Tom Brady. We might as well go out and get Tom Brady. I think we're beyond that point now. I do not agree with that. Unless Tom Brady is willing, well, was willing, because he's, he's retired. He's not coming back, guys. Unless Tom Brady was willing to take a major pay cut, which he's not making that. He was making $15, $16 million last year. If he was willing to take a major pay cut, probably pull it off. But I just just from a schematic standpoint, you you're you're better off in Kyle Shanahan's system having a at least a somewhat mobile quarterback. A little bit because the pass rush is, I mean, the uh, offensive line is iffy, and a little bit because it just brings more flexibility to the offense. Tom Brady is not mobile at all at this point. He never was, but he's by the start of next season, he's going to be forty six years old. You do not want a 46-year-old quarterback with a, mm, an unsure offensive line in this, in this offense. You don't want that. Trust me. Trust me, you do not want that. But there is a need for a quarterback three. We know that much. I do have a list of quarterbacks that are not Tom Brady, that are not Aaron Rodgers, that is not Lamar Jackson. That just does not fit in the finances of the San Francisco 49ers. Fans, we need to stop that. That's not happening. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers wants to come here. I feel like he's still butthurt about not getting drafted by them. So those are out the question. Um, We do have a list. I have a top five list. No one in no specific order. Just top five. Just top five quarterbacks that went through the Free agent quarterback, see who makes sense for the Niners as a third-string quarterback. No particular order. Number one, I got Andy Dalton. Not flashy. Veteran quarterback. Could make, you know, a couple throws. Not too mobile, but he's not not a statue. So you got Andy Dalton. Two, you got Case Keenum. He has a little bit of, like, very little mobility, but he's another veteran quarterback. You've seen him play with the Vikings. Uh, that Viking system when he was in, kind of similar to how Kyle Shanahan uses his quarterbacks. As you can see, you got a blanket on his name right now. You like that. You like that. You know who I'm talking about. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but uh, you got him. That system, Kyle Shanahan liked him. He was a quarterback with the, the the commanders. He likes that type of quarterback. I think he's evolved from that point. 
Um, but Case Keenum, he, he fits that mode. Number three, a lot of people won't like this, but this is where it starts to get, you know, familiarity with the system. Nick Mullins, he's a free agent. Bring Nick Mullins back. Make him the number three quarterback. Hopefully we do not get to the third string quarterback again next season, but bring him back. What's, what's, you know, he's experienced. He's been through the league now. He's been in a couple of locker rooms. <coughs> Excuse me. He knows the system. Bring him back. Bring him back. What's the worst that could happen? Besides two quarterbacks in injured and he have to play. Fourth one, Nate Sudfeld. Another one that's familiar with the system. Brock Purdy beat him out. Well, and obviously, we see why now. Bring him back. And the last one, this is probably the re- the most reach that I would put on this list that probably won't happen in this team. Probably will resign him because... You know, the quarterback they have now did get injured during the season, and that's Gardner Minshew. He, guys, he has a lot of moxie. Gardner Minshew has a lot of moxie. I doubt the Eagles will let him go unless he demands like a, like a ridiculous contract because he, you know, did his thing when he did start. He didn't, you know, blow anybody away, but he was he, he showed he was a solid quarterback. So if he hits the market, that would be like an ideal number three quarterback. Ideally, I don't know if he would want to do that because I'm pretty sure he wants to play. He's proved that he can at least, you know, hold a team together while the starting quarterback is injured. If he becomes a starter somewhere, I, I, I seriously doubt that. But if he does, then I'm sure he'll take that opportunity. But if not, if he just wants to, you know, be on the team and, you know, be around some 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 winners, 49 is a perfect place for him. So that's what I think the Niners should do. I don't think they should try to look for a starting quarterback this offseason. That that seems like the wrong thing to do. We haven't seen a lot of Trey Lance, and I know a lot of people are down on him because you haven't seen a lot of him, and he played at a small college and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the dude has he has arm talent. He's, he has physical traits that you just can't teach. And if he doesn't start... That's a good second string quarterback. If, if Brock is not either not ready or gets hurt again, I'd like our chances with Trey Lance as a number two quarterback. So Brock, Trey, maybe one of these guys. So some guy on that level. You got a great quarterback room. You can even draft a quarterback. At this point, you don't really need a veteran on the roster anymore. You draft a quarterback if they want to go that route. I doubt that Kyle Shanahan wants to have three. They're, what, under 24-year-old quarterbacks, but hey, if you just want some youth and some youthful energy in, in that quarterback room, then I'm not arguing with it no more. Kyle Shanahan has proved to me, you know, he's been to three championship games. He proved to me that this guy knows what he's doing. I'm not going to question him. So, Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes, Philadelphia Eagles, Chiefs, I'm not going to deep dive in the, into this too much because we are two weeks away. I'm going to drop another podcast next week, go deeper into it next week. But I will say this. If Pat Mahomes isn't 100%, if his receivers aren't 100%, Chiefs have no chance. They have no chance. But if they are held, if Patrick Mahomes is at least 90%, if he can at least... Uh, get outside the pocket and have some mobility. 
I like their chances. If anybody can stop an elite pass rush, that's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. So, I think the line last time I checked had the, the, the Eagles at minus two. If everyone's healthy, I'm taking that minus two. I'm taking plus two, excuse me. I'm taking a plus two on the Chiefs. I, I like the Chiefs in this matchup. As much as the Eagles and their fans have said the Niners didn't face anybody this season, neither did they. Their biggest challenge was who the Vikings, who was the biggest fraud in the NFL. They were like the only team in, I don't want to say history, but they were 13-4 and four and had a negative point differential. Huh? You won all those games, and the opposing team scored more than you throughout the course of the season. Fraud material. So that was one of their toughest matchups in the Cowboys. Now everyone's down on Dak. If you're going to say Dak is a bad quarterback and he's a fraud and all this and that, then you can't say that that team was an elite team that the Eagles beat because they lost to him one time. But you can't say that that's an elite team that they beat then say that Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. You just can't do it. So outside of that, it was them and the Giants. Those are the hardest teams that the Eagles faced all season. From experience as a Niners fan, the Chiefs are a different beast. They are a different monster. Obviously because they're in the Super Bowl, but hey, Pat Mahomes is him. He's him. So don't don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. Change your gears a little bit. Warriors. Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. As of, the, as of this recording, 26 and 26, 500. We 52 games into the season, a 500. Take a sip to that. And when y'all see me or hear me drinking, this is alcohol, baby. Oh, I'm getting liquored up. When I talk about sports, I like to get liquored up, relax a little bit, talk about sports. But Warriors, 26-26. They face the Thunder, T-Wolves, and Nuggets this week since we, since we last talked. Nuggets game, day one, 128-120. High-scoring game. What you would notice with these games, all high scoring. I mean, the NBA in general is the defense is down. But the Warriors, Warriors specifically, their defense is down. 128-120, they win. Clay, he had a pretty good game, 28 points. Uh, I wouldn't call this a great shooting night. It was 10 for 21. But he did get seven rebounds, which is uncharacteristic of him. He was grabbing some boards. Steph, 12 for 20. Eight rebounds, 12 assists. What I'm monitoring with Steph right now is his turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers this game. He's been turning over the ball. I wouldn't say a lot, but he's been turning it over at bad times in a bad way. Just really ugly, unnecessary passes. Um, but they won. Uh, what? These are three things that I'm monitoring. I'm, I'm going to name these three games, and I'm going to name the three team stats that I'm monitoring. Points in a paint. They lose this matchup, 46 to 54. Thunder score 54 points in the paint. I don't like that. I don't like that this is such a constant thing, but they score 54 points in the paint. Warriors still won, three-point happy. Uh, Turnover. They actually won this battle. 15 turnovers to the Thunder's 17 turnovers. Um, They took care of the ball fairly well and, you know, got through it. Rebounds. I'm not as worried about rebounds now that I'm looking at the stats, but they won this battle, 44 to 43. 
What I am worried about and what has been a constant theme throughout the season, at first we thought it was the bench, but now we know it's not because they've went into fourth quarters. They've been six, five minutes left in the game with 10, 15-point leads, and they, they lose. They blew a 21-point lead this game. Let this sink in. They, let, they blew a 21-point lead this game to a point where the Thunder had a one-point lead. Nasty, nasty. But they got the win. Cool. Great. Perfect. Next game, T-Wolves. Oh, my God. This game pissed me off. They lose this game in overtime, 114 to 119. (sighs) Steph, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 turnovers. Again, crazy turnovers, bad bad turnovers, excuse me, at bad times. Ugly. Jordan Poole, this is what bothered me. Four for 13. He has a lot of these games. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a career trend where he's just a streaky shooter, streaky volume shooter, where some games he'll have 38 points and just be on fire, and some games he'll have four for 13 with 18 points. Clay, this is the new norm for Clay. You have a great game. I, and I, I don't know. People, people think Clay is back. I don't think so. I don't think he's all the way back and I don't think he would ever be the pre-injury clay, but 3 for 13 for 14 points. There's going to be a lot more games like that. He'll have good games, then he'll have a game like that. That's concerning. And it's only concerning because he's making so much money. Because he's making so much money, the Warriors are financially like strapped and they can't make the decisions that they should make. So that's kind of concerning because you're not getting the effort, you know, that you need to be getting from a guy to making forty something million dollars a year. I wouldn't even say effort. I'm sure he's trying, but it just doesn't look good out there. They 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 look gassed. They look beat, you know. So points. Uh, let's go points in the paint. Warriors lose this forty eight to fifty four again. Gave up fifty four points in the paint. They only scored forty eight. If only they had, I don't know, a young athletic seven-footer. But whatever. They lose the turnover battle. 17 turnovers to 11. (coughs) Excuse me. What I'm noticing with this trend is they turn over the ball a lot. And a lot of the times they're not forcing turnovers. And that's because they are lacking perimeter defense. They're lacking continuity. On the defensive end, switches are bad. Help rotations are bad. A lot of bad is going on. Um, They're winning rebound battles. They won this rebound battle 58-53. to But they had a 14-point lead in this game. Blew it, went to overtime, and lost. Again, concerning. Then we have the Nuggets. They lose that game. They, they, they Draymond didn't play. Um... Wiggins didn't play, and they lose that game, 117-134. I would say we kind of expected that, but the line dropped. I think the line dropped at 12. They had the Nuggets minus 12. And that was before they announced who was playing and who wasn't. I That's one game I did bet on. I took the Warriors plus 12. Probably shouldn't have did that, but <laughs> took the Warriors plus 12. Um. Yeah, that was that was an interesting game because they were playing hard. 
they were playing hard for the first half. They had a uh, they had a uh, what twelve eleven point lead. They had an eleven point lead in that game, and Jokic came in the game and was like, you know, no, we're not doing this today. No, Andrew Wiggins is. I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins did play. Draymond did not play. Draymond did not play. Clay did not play. Sorry, correction. But they had an eleven point lead, and and Jokic came in the game. Second quarter and was like, mm, I'm not having this. He scored 13 straight points and they went into the half up one. And from there it was like it was it was it was all downhill from there. It was almost like the energy in this game was the Warriors can't keep doing this. The Nuggets felt like the Warriors can't keep doing this. And the Warriors were shooting the lights out in the first half. And the Nuggets were kind of just lingering around, lingering around. Never felt like they were going to lose the game or never felt like they were out of the game. They were just kind of just there and the Warriors were just on fire. And that had to be disheartening to the Warriors knowing that they were on fire so much and the Nuggets were still only down 11. So they went to halftime down one because Jokic just went off the end of the second quarter and, yeah, they never they never recovered. Never recovered from that. Steph had 28 points. Steph is just, he's carrying his team. 28 points, five rebounds, five assists, six turnovers. This game in particular, he he just kept turning the ball over. Just bad passes, un, un, unsolicited turnovers. It were it's just, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Um, Jordan pulled 22 points, three rebounds, five assists. James Wiseman, James Wiseman, y'all. James Wiseman, y'all. He actually checked into the game. He actually checked into the game and got some run. Um, he had 17 minutes, nine points, two rebounds. But he was a plus seven. I know a lot of people. Let's cheer that up, man. Forget that. Let's cheer that up. I know a lot of people. I've been harking on him, having a negative plus minus. I don't really put too much credence in plus minus because I don't. I think it's kind of a bogus stat because a guy could literally stand in the quarter corner while his team is going on the run and just guard the the guy that can't shoot. Then go on the corner and just just stand there while the offense is running through somebody else. They go on a 10-0 run and he get plus ten and he didn't do nothing. So I don't really like that stat. But he was he was a plus seven. So, if you've been, you know, down on Wiseman and you've been calling him Wise Buzz and saying that you the Warriors wasted a pick and all this and that because he had negative plus minus, he's he's no IQ. You know, one of the highest plus minuses on the team that game. Got to respect it. This is where I think Wiseman can impact the game. The Warriors again, points in the paint, lost that battle, forty four to fifty, forty four to fifty four. When I was watching the game, there was a lot of instances where either Wiseman had a smaller man on him or he sealed off his man. And he, if you just lob it over the top, he, he gets an easy dunk. It looks like the Warriors aren't used to passing it in the post because they look away and they look for an, a shot, an outside shot when you have an easy basket. I know a lot of people are saying, well, maybe in practice he's missing these shots or blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. <laughs> No, he's not. I've watched games. I've watched 
when they actually do do that, James Wiseman attacks the he attacks the bucket. Whether he makes it or not, that's different. But he attacks the bucket. He he goes up hard. He tries to dunk the ball. He jump. He like he'll he'll put a shot up. He'll put a shot up. The Warriors are just missing it. They're just missing him. Sealing. They they got to do better. This three point barrage that they're trying to do that's not working. It's not working anymore. You're not having people slash at the rim. You're getting outscored in the paint. You're missing easy chances at buckets. You need those. Obviously, something's wrong. You're not making these threes. You'll have games where you do, but it's it's more than not that you're that you're shooting all these threes and not making them and losing these games, losing leads. You get two, three happy, two jumps out happy. It's not happening this year. You gotta try something different. I think. Excuse me. I think what they need to do now. Play Wiseman more. You gotta play Wiseman more. The only reason he has 17 minutes is because five minutes left in the game. It was a blowout. They put him in there. He did his thing. Turnover battle, they lost, they lost again. 17. They only forced 13 turnovers. Rebounds, they won. But it don't matter if you're not making shots. You know what I mean? And they obviously they blew the 11 point lead in the second quarter and never got it back. All right. That went one and two, those three games, unfortunately, and they fell right back to 300. This team hasn't been three games over 500 this whole season. And honestly, last year I was one of the people who were constantly saying, even when the Warriors were struggling, Draymond got hurt, and they went on that little skid in February, March, where they just they were playing 500 ball. Everybody thought, hey, this team may fall into the playing game. Uh, They're going to lose in the first round. They do not look like a championship team. And I was one of the people all season last year saying, nah, once they get healthy, I don't see nobody beating this team. And I kept that up. You know, I was arguing with people, kept the faith. Hey, this team healthy in the playoff time. I don't see nobody beating them. I seen them in the first half of the season, first quarter of the season. They looked dominant. Like, they were deep. They, they looked like a deep team. So I kept that, and sure enough, they won. I'm not saying I predicted that, but I was I had a hard time seeing the team in the NBA beat the Warriors in seven games. This year, it's different. <laughs> it's very different. I do not, I, at no point during the season, no stretch during the season, have I looked at this Warriors team and said, man, this is a championship team once they get it together. They haven't looked at like a championship, championship team at no point during the this, this season. And that's been concerning. They're one of the best home teams and one of the best or worst road teams. Like they're I think they are the worst road team in the NBA, which is unheard. I don't think that's ever happened in NBA history where the defending NBA champion was the worst road team in the NBA while being the best home team in the NBA. I don't think that's ever happened, but that's the reality that of the situation that we have right now. I don't know what it is. I have a theory. I've said it on this podcast before. I think they're getting old and they need some some youth and they need to like develop these young guys. Because right now, you're talking about a championship window with Steph. And it's you can extend the window if you develop these guys. And Steph Curry could be 37, 38 years old. Maybe not the focal point of the team, but still playing at a high level. And not being dependent on because you got all these young studs on your team because they've they've developed and they've learned the system and they learned how to play with Steph and Steph would learn how to play with them. You can extend his one. He could play till he's 40 with these guys if you wanted to. 
if you do this right. But the mistake I think the fans are how they're looking at it, and maybe how some of the brass in front office is looking at it is, and which I don't think they are. I think Joe Lacob sees it too, but trying to maximize this particular window. I think last year was you stretching this window out with, with Dre, Clay, and Steph. Last year was what you were trying to do. To try to do it again as a 500 team, now you're just you're, you're milking it too much. And I don't want this team to end up like, you know, the Kobe, Kobe Bryant's, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, his later years in his career where they he was just on a lottery team. I don't want this to look like the Lakers right now. They've been a lottery team the last two years. Because they, they sold out for Anthony Davis. Now all the, the young guys that they traded are all-stars, are playing at a high level. They would have just kept them. They could have been... LeBron would have stayed a Laker, retired at 42, and been competing for championships throughout his, the rest of his career. <coughs> Excuse me. But the impatience of the franchise, now they're in just a bad spot. They have no draft picks. They're trying to trade for Kyrie actively right now. And they're going to trade the rest of the draft picks they got for the next six, seven, eight years. Just try to get Kyrie and compete for another one or two more championships, which I don't know if that's going to work for what they have to do to trade for Kyrie. But I digress. So, next thing, let's wind it down and just go back to these three games because we're looking too far ahead, and this team hasn't showed me that they have what it takes to win a championship right now this season. I know they have the heart. I know they have the, the makeup of a championship team. But the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding tastes like an average team. So next three, three games, they got Dallas, OKC, and Portland. Dallas is without Luka. Luka has a heel injury. It's already been reported he's not going to play on Saturday, um, which is tomorrow or today, if you're listening today. Um, he's not going to play. They should and that's been happening a lot this season. They should win this game. Rather, they do or not yet to be determined, but they should win this game. But no Luka, and everybody's... I mean, I don't know what Dre's status is. I don't know if that was just rest or he legitimately has an injury, but you should win this game. You got OKC. OKC is a young, scrappy team, so you don't really know what to expect. You don't know who, how they're going to come that game, but you should win that game, too. You should win that game, too. Then you get Portland. Portland, they're on... They're down for... They're trending down right now. They started the season solid. They're trending down. You should win that game, too, but the caveat of that game is it's on the road. And we all... We have enough evidence to see that the Warriors are just a different team on the road. They, they, they don't show up for whatever odd reason. These next three games, which is until the next podcast, they should go 3-0. They should be over 500, three games for the first time this season, next time we talk. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we're asking for too much to expect a 3-0 week. So hopefully next time, you know, episode five, we come back on here. There are three games over 500. They look Fantastic. 
the the talks of of a demise are, are quiet and you know we can go into the next two weeks thinking, hey man, we might be back. But I don't know, man. Actually, I haven't seen it so far in the season. We're 50, 52 games into the season, so we'll see. We'll see. If I had to choose the game that they lose, it's obviously the Portland game. Obviously the Portland game, but we'll see, man. We'll see. So we'll end this right here. Um, we we'll talk a little football next week. I'll I'll go I'll come up with some topics about the Niners because I feel like the, this is going to be a pretty big offseason. They got some free agents that I want to talk about. The third day, they have a chance of losing and some guys that they have a chance to resign. Um, talk about some free agents that are available that they should pick up. Warriors, I'll talk about these three games. And, you know, I think next week they'll go after this next pod, they'll be on All Star break. So we'll talk about, you know, what they should do. I think the trade deadline is going to be. Probably after the trade line, yeah, it's gonna be after we t- after I drop the podcast. So we'll probably just discuss that in two weeks, and yeah, we'll just go from there, man. So our teams, our Bay Area teams, and when baseball season starts, I've been going back and forth on this. I've been going back and forth on this. I don't know if I want to talk about the Oakland A's. Because, I mean, I have nothing against the Oakland A's. They're a Bay Area team. This is a Bay Area sports podcast. And, yeah, I just don't know if they are relevant right now. I'll, I'll, I'll cover them a little bit. But I don't know. I don't like their owner. I, I feel like he's he's wrong. Like, he's 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 been disloyal to the A's fans, who are probably one of the most loyal fan bases in, in baseball. So... Once the baseball season starts to kick up, when you know we got pitchers and catchers reporting and all that, I'll talk about the A's. Definitely talk about the Giants, but I'll, I'll talk about the A's because I do. I know I do have uh, friends and you know family that are A's fans that probably looking at me crazy because I already dissed, I dissed the Raiders. I don't have nothing against Raiders fans, but I dissed the Raiders. I don't have nothing against the A's, so I'll talk about the A's, not the Raiders. The Raiders are in Vegas; they're not a Bay Area team anymore, so. Uh, probably won't be talking about them, but yeah, I'll talk about the A's. And uh, yeah, let's get it, man. We'll reconvene next week and see where we're at as a team for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening. Episode four. Peace. Crying.